You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Greg Hectus. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are not all the usual characters, Adam Jocelyn. I am back. Brian McCubbin. Hello. Chris Scales. Man, this place is kind of fell to pieces. I, I leave for a few months and Mike's gone and you're here, man. David Hall. Oh, my. <laughs> Stephen Lou Allen. What's going on, boys? Tony Groves. Good evening, gentlemen. And Tony Rochette. Hey, everybody. I'm back. That's right, everybody. Mike's uh, Mike's taking the week off. And uh, I guess uh, what is what you're saying, Chris, when dad's out, uh, out the kids must play? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Bust out the porn. Party time. You were like, I'm going to, there's a lot of names here. I'm going to read these names. I'm not going to let you fuck me up, Chris Scales. Screw <laughs> <Threw> me up. <laughs> Do we I'm still, just looking at all the names. I'm like, editing on this podcast, right? Dump button, dump button. Yes, but we don't edit that out. So oh, damn, dude. This is going just, off the rails. I just looked at all the names and I'm like, do we have any room for the rest of the podcast after I get through them all? We're 30 <laughs> seconds in and we've already dropped an F-bomb. We are on, like, we're Bad. on fire. <laughs> Dad's going to be mad at us. Yeah, yeah. We're all going to be grounded. Well, getting down to business, one of, uh, um, don't we, you know, how good are you at set building, Greg? I don't know. I know I'm terrible at it. Well, that brings us to our sponsor. Uh, struggling to crawl into the top 10 of the Road Pro, always in the back in the Xfinity series and can't find an extra 10th to compete for wins in the NASCAR iRacing series. Visit schoolyardsetups.com and get race-ready setups for the NASCAR A, B, and C series each week. Enter your referral code LOUNGE, that's LOUNGE with a capital L, uh, when you sign up to let them know that you heard uh, heard of them from the iRacers Lounge podcast. Don't get bullied around on the racetrack again. Get your set today, schoolyardsetups.com. And I did just recently have a uh, stream viewer who actually came on to the stream and announced he just subscribed. So I'd like to thank him for doing that. And uh, the sets are worth it. Uh, he's really always working to improve them. And he's got a few you know, testers with us that aren't pro drivers because the truth is um, I probably can't drive the same set that Christian Chandler can drive. All right. And probably most of us can't. Now, I've. I've had actually a discussion with Mike this week too about his setups. He said he had a subscriber that had been in contact with him as well, asking um, just just what his thoughts were with uh, some of the um, what was going on with he felt in the Xfinity car. And Mike went out and tested with uh, tr- tested something and um, just to just to see if he was feeling the same thing the other guy was, and kind of just that feedback that. Um, not all these setup pages you get back unless you, you know, subscribe to trying to talk to or to get like an actual pro to talk to you about it. Um, it's just nice to have Mike be able to, uh, you know, just have, give you feedback uh, just with what you, you, you subscribe to. So check it out. Schoolyardsetups.com. Uh, promo code lounge with a capital L. That's and a I, sexy uh, promo code, too. That's way and, sexier than that last <laughs> And I do want to say he is going to be getting uh, 
some road setup stuff done in the next little bit here. He's just working on some other stuff so he can do it. Cause right now he's a one man show too, trying to do it all. And uh, it is a little bit uh, to get working. So eventually look for the road side of it. I'll say Mike Morley gets a out of me. <laughs> this all right. Show, this show is going to be easy to edit. Cause uh, Tony's got the sound covered. I won't have to t- put anything in. Brian, I guess there was a uh, world of outlaws race this week. You want to tell us about it? Yeah, guys. Uh, well, looks like Chris got an early start, but uh, let's get dirty, all right? Uh, we're going to start with the World of Outlaws Week 3. <laughs> so uh, Week 3 of the World of Outlaws was at uh, Fairbury Speedway. Uh, Hayden Carwell took the win. Uh, Hayden Carwell, who won the late model season uh, a little while ago, he took the future win at uh, Fairbury uh, with uh, second place going to Braden Eiler and Alex Bergeron, who was last week's last year's uh, defending champion, took third. So uh, last week's winner, who was uh, Australian's Tim Ryan, he actually finished a disappointing 16th place. He was in the top three in points coming into the race. So uh, a disappointing week for him. Um, I, I, I'll tell you more about it in a little bit, why I don't know what why he could finish 16th. So, uh, but... But the win gives Cardwell the series lead, so he's on top of the lead now in the in the uh, World Outlaw Sprint Series uh, with an eight-point advantage right now over Alex Bergeron. So uh, week four will be held this Monday, coming up at nine o'clock at Eldora Speedway. Now the reason I didn't really couldn't tell you what happened to Tim Ryan is because um, I didn't catch the race Monday Night Live on Dirt Vision, and they posted up in their vault the replay from uh from that race but if you go to click on the replay race in the vault uh it gives you about 18 seconds saying that this race has concluded so yeah. <laughs> there's nothing there so so somebody screwed up uh at dirt vision which uh is disappointing but um i, I hope they get it fixed and before next week at least and i can actually watch this race and see what happened but uh but that's what that's the your results from last week and uh hopefully next week we'll have a little bit better uh, information for you uh, at the Eldora Speedway race. It's, it's so interesting with this, this dirt series and, and, and just looking at all the series this year, you have the same names kind of just float to the top of each thing, right? Like if you're looking at the, the dirt side, you got the Bergerons and, um, and Cardwell seem to always show up in that world of outlaw side. Yeah. And there's a few others. Like uh, Kendall Tucker is always really good. James Edens is really good. Um, yeah, those guys. It doesn't seem like uh, what what series they're in. Uh, they just know how to run those dirt cars really well. Well, uh, congratulations to uh, the winners there. And uh, moving on, um, we'll go into a Black Friday reminder for the iRacing again. Um, we've th- we're doing this every week just to remind uh, everybody that uh, there's a. Uh, promo codes for uh, the 12 month renewal discount um, for the, your membership on the iRacers page or iRacers lounge, not iRacers lounge, sorry, the iRacing.com website. Um, regularly $110 one year membership you can have for 8250. So it's a uh, good, good value in that you can either get your 12 month renewal or 24 month renewal. Um, so all you need is your, the promo codes are PR dash bf early renewal 2020 year uh, one one y for the 12 month and so yeah get your uh 
get your uh, renewals in, in before it's December 3rd, right guys? Yeah. December 3rd and uh, make sure you guys have it all done. I just got a reminder that mine's up. So I gotta, I still gotta remember to do it. Um, so I look, I gotta do that when I get off today. So that's my reminder. That's all I get. Don't forget, you'll be paying big money. I already got mine in, did mine this week. Yeah, that's a hard code to remember, too, but you can just Google it. Like, just Google iRacing Black Friday. That's what I ended up doing uh, back when I did my renewal last week. That's hey guys. well worth to get the two-year. Yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, uh, Thursday morning, I woke up, uh, checked my email, and uh, got an email from iRacing said, hey, your uh, service has been uh, has been uh, stopped because uh, I didn't renew in time. So just give you an idea what I did was I went to renew um, and uh, tried to use the code, but the code does not work if you're an inactive member, which I was at that time because my, uh, my service had been interrupted. So what I did was I actually renewed for one month at the $13 to get me reinstated. And then I went and used the uh, 24 month renewal code to get the uh, discount. I'll say one thing else too. Don't forget the uh, 50% off of the new memberships too, until December 3rd. Oh, that's a good, uh, for both that, uh, Brian, that's a good thing to know. So obviously it, it you got to keep, make sure you do it before your last active date uh, expires. I just did mine today. Cause I, I was hoping I waited till, actual black friday hoping they were gonna be like oh we're gonna do a special super black friday go back to the old half off deal <laughs> but it didn't happen see i'm just looking at mine my account expires on the 4th of december so it looks like i do it at the same time every year for the uh the discount so yeah last minute sounds like <laughs> <laughs> pretty much <laughs> that's pretty handy monthly. once you get on that I used to pay monthly, but once they I started lining up with this deal, I started doing the yearly. And it's handy to be able to do it at the same time of the year. It just makes it a lot easier to remember. Well, technically, every five years, if you look at it, you get a free free year with the money you save, the way they always do it. Let's say, remember the Black uh, Friday deal they used to do where you buy like $75 worth of credit and they give you 100 Yeah, they yeah. don't seem to bring that back anymore. Well, they did it away with it because people basically found a way to kind of exploit it and get a double discount. Yes. Loopholes, racers, never. (laughs) So, Brian, I guess we got a new dirt racing league here. Yeah, this was uh, actually an email that um, was sent to Mike at the uh, iRacersLounge at uh, gmail.com email. And uh, it's from a listener. His name's John Fowler. And he's going to set up a 10-week open setup dirt midget racing league um, it's open to anyone over 18 years old looking for fun for a fun league that guys can come out and do some awesome racing um, when those uh, leagues start when that league starts the practices will start at uh, eight qualifying will be at nine with the race following shortly after now um reading through his email he uh he was uh, very insistent that uh that this is going to be a league where people don't uh curse and yell at each other everybody's going to be real respectful and there's going to be a, a pretty uh, short uh, fuse for for uh, people who do that get kicked out so so if you want to have fun you know you're not you're not into uh, flaming with other uh, racers and you like your dirt bidgets then this seems like a good good league to get get a part of so that email came in from uh, uh, i guess listener john fowler 
Yep, John Fowler sent that email into Mike. And we did you we did just hit a highlight and just want to remind you our show notes are always available if you want to go look them up. It's uh on the, our I believe it's available at our website, right? And on our Facebook page. And it, uh we've got the full email on there with all the details if you want to find out and if you just get in touch with that league as well. I'm sure you can get all that information. Yeah, it's called the Dirt Monkey Dirt series, is the name of that series. David, I guess we got another e- email as well. Yeah, and I I picked this topic up because it's one definitely one that I end up playing with a lot. Uh, so, listener Derek Branham sent us in this one. Uh, he runs in a he run he was asking about steering ratios and fixed setups, and he said, "Hello, I was wondering uh, if you may have this discussion on one of your shows." And I think we have talked about it before, but it's always a great topic. I was wondering if running the steering ratio up from the default setup helps saves tires. Guys in my league run the steering ratio up while I run it at, say, 10. It's more of a setting that is more for what kind of wheel you have than setup-related. That was a question. I didn't read it very well. Uh, I run an AccuForce, and I'm speaking about fixed setups in NASCAR. Do you guys mess with the ratio? And uh, and then he asked if we're going to talk about what some of the adjustments you can do. Now, um, I do. I run 14 on in, in the A-car because it, it really keeps me from abusing the right front tire uh and some of this depends on your driving style some of this depends on what car and style you're in because um when i'm in in the sports car the 919 i have effectively i have the setting at a very low steering ratio because you're running through a lot of chicanes and you need to be able to snap from left to right. Whereas when you're doing oval racing, you want basically slower response and more and more subtlety in in your drivings. Uh, I also had a I know a really good racer back in my R Factor days, Joel Brown. He would actually adjust his setting on on the wheel for fixed setup races to just change the handling. He would go one way for looser and one way for for faster. Uh, and one other thing that I discovered having to run dirt for the first time this year is that for dirt, it's a lot more stable to run a, a much lower steering ratio because otherwise you just can't you can't correct for all of the looseness in the rear end. Another thing I found out with um, the ratio now, I've heard kind of mixed uh, opinions on this one, but for me, I've found running a little bit of a higher ratio on the ovals uh, allows me to... Uh, correct a lot easier when I get loose. Um, I don't tend to overcorrect as much, and I'm able to keep the car a little bit more or recover the car from. Otherwise, I'd be going in the wall or into the infield or something. You're also less likely to just get loose going in to begin with. Well, that it's that's the thing. It's you got to find that balance with where your turn in ability um, and the position you turn in the corner is with you know, how much you, you, you give it to it. If you're, if you're going over, you know, the 45% angle of your turning in, you're just wasting tires and, and it really kills, kills the center of the corner. And then it kills your next corner. And you could basically screw up a set of tires. If you're, you're not getting the response you need when you turn in now on ovals and things like that, I run 14 to 16 just because uh, that's what I've ever been comfortable with. But the other thing is, is, I think some of this has to do with the size of wheel you, you run too. Like if you run a big, I run a big oval rim. So it's kind of, you get more feel out of it. And, and when you have a, a 16 to, to one, when you're moving at little increments there, it's, it, it's, a, I feel you get a little more control, but then when you go to a place like say a road course where David, you were saying like, even in the stock cars, if you're trying to flick it back and forth for Watkins Glen or Sonoma or, 
you know, all the road courses we're going to have next year, you want a lower box just to, to be able to, to turn it in and then be able to change the direction back the other way as fast as you can with minimal, minimal amount of turn, uh, to, to, to not wear the tires out, to not, to not spin the car out, to have a little bit of a quicker response. And even with like Martinsville, if you have a 16 to one at a Martinsville, it's, it's really hard to turn those corners because they're such quick. Uh, it's like a diamond and then come right off the corner. You just don't get the same response uh, saving tires wise at 16 to one to, to a 10 to one. But this as this listener and is is asking 16 to 1 is the best for saving tires just because of how little response you're putting into the wheel uh when you're in the corner and from what i believe that's what it is it's it's just the amount of turning in you're just not scrubbing the tires as much as you would be on a, a 12 or a 10 and i know adam i think you run a higher ratio a lot of times when you're running some of the same setups that we run and it's just it's just a driver preference right yeah i still run pretty low though if, if i can run eight to one i do it. it i've always done it in the short track stuff pretty much all year once i figured it out we we went to phoenix this year early in nis and i was like two or three tenths off the pace and i switched to my eight to one eight to one just to try it and i picked up like three tenths and i've i've done that ever since i think it's down to preference too well, and so I know we're kind of dragging this on, but it helps too, I think, to kind of explain what the adjustment is to so you, like people can understand what they're adjusting. So when you say 10 to 1, basically, we'll just call it bits. For every uh, 10 bits, or for every, yeah, for every 10 bits you turn the steering wheel, it's going to make it turn one bit. And if you add a 14 to 1, at every 14 bits you turn the steering wheel, it's going to make it turn one bit. So let's say you always, let's say you're running at Charlotte, and when you're going through turn one at Charlotte, you always turn the steering wheel 90 degrees. That's just what you're in the habit of doing. Well, at 10 to 1, you are actually going to turn the steering wheel more than what you are at 14 to 1. So if you're turning the steering wheel to that same spot and every at every time when you go through that turn at Charlotte and then you turn it to 14 to 1, the steering wheel, the steering, the tires are actually going to be turned less going into that corner. And so that's where you get that tire saving from. And what you want to look at, Greg mentioned the 45 degree rule. When he said that, he's not talking about where your steering wheel is. He's talking about how much the, the actual tire is turned. Because you don't want, if you look at your telemetry, you don't want the tire to turn angle to ever go more than 45 degrees. If you do, you're scrubbing too much tire and you're and, and wasting it and you're going to hurt yourself in the long run. Uh, generally, I aim for, I run the 14 to 1 because I like to turn my wheel at about 90 degrees, but when I look at my telemetry, I'm staying, I'm usually staying under 40 degrees of actually turning the steering, the actual front wheels. Well, so that's a really good point because that is a really good bit of telemetry to have with adjusting your steering ratio to make well, you know, that, to like you're saying there chris like here's a good quick tip even if you don't want to pay for a subscription of vrs i believe in their telemetry on the base stuff without paying you can get steering angle um as one of the things you that can be tracked while you go around the track so you can see you can test it out with your different uh steering ratios and see what you know is the best feel for you as well as trying to make sure that you're not turning too much in the corner and just you can you can use their telemetry to do it and i believe it's under the free part you can get the steering angle you can also look 
actually just right at the steering wheel on the on the little telemetry in game that shows the pedals and the wheel and what gear you're in or on the option screen where you calibrate uh when you turn the wheel the the wheel picture will rotate in it for what it's really doing rather than what your what your physical wheel is doing it's going to rotate how much the actual steering wheel is turned so let me throw just another really obvious one for us but um, running a high ratio at a plate track um, makes it so much easier to yes. keep yourself straight into a nice straight line, especially when you're like three wide and you're in the middle. And you just got to try and hold that thing as, as still as possible. The higher the ratio, the easier that's going to be. And when you're qualifying, the less you turn the tire, the less speed you scrub off, especially at a super speedway. Yeah, and that's a perfect thing there too, Tony. When you're saying that, it's it's a lot of people when they're well, the people that run lower boxes, uh, like gear or steering boxes, and can actually do it are experienced at doing it. Um, but if you go into a race and you see someone moving around a lot in the draft, a lot of the time that is uh, steering sensitivity dampening on your wheel. But then the actual steering box. They have it way too low for what they can handle. If they're bouncing, if they go into the corner, go down into the on the line, and then bounce up, it's just it's not the right steering ratio for them. So the best bet, if you're on a restrictor play track, like Tony said, start with a 16 and go lower if you can. If if you can run 16 and feel comfortable, 16 is probably the ideal for uh, a restrictor plate for anybody at most skill levels to just cruise around and be able to have a good race. It just adds so much forgiveness, right? See, I remember like your your inches from another car, like the whole race practically. And if you if you're trying to stay on somebody and push them, or you know, even when you're in the lead, you got to try and hold that line so they can stay on you and push you. Uh, it's it's key to you know keep that car as still as possible, you know, while you're still trying to drive it at you know almost 200 mile an hour. So a high ratio definitely helps. All right, Tony, I think there's a Monday Night League that has some uh, NBC, uh, an NBC star and an actual cup driver in it. Yeah, apparently. I never heard about this until like, you know, 20 minutes ago. Um, it's, uh, are they just calling it Monday Night Racing? It looks like it, yeah. Okay, we'll go with that. Um, I guess just this uh, this past one, they were uh, at Vegas and uh, Parker Kligerman holds off Anthony Alfredo and Kyle Busch for a win at, uh, at Vegas. Is that the same, um, same league that Kyle Busch won that, uh, Talladega race at last week? It was a Monday night. Yeah, it was a Monday night race. I'm wondering if it's, they bounce around in different truck in series. Cause now obviously they were in the trucks this time. Yeah. One of the, one of the pro invitational series before the big pro invitational series started last time was bouncing back and forth between the cup car and the, in the, the street stock, I believe, actually. So, yeah, they, they do like to do that. It's interesting. Uh, it looks like Kyle has figured out what, it, what he needs in the, in the sim because I remember when he first jumped into it uh, early in the summer, his first few races didn't go great, but it, it, it's Kyle. He's going to figure anything out. Well, and I think it was with them when they first got used to that stuff. It was kind of just so – there is people that – or there was guys that were strict at – or they were – serious and racing the sim some guys just hopped on to be part of that series and didn't i don't want to say didn't take it seriously but there was some 
some hesitation at the beginning. And as time went on, you know, they've realized that obviously their sponsors want to be well represented. So it kind of would help for them to be good at it. And obviously, obviously they were able to and start enjoying it. And, and the more you enjoy this sim, the better you can feel at racing it. That's what I know about that. I know about online racing is the more comfortable you feel in doing it, the, the better you're going to be at it. Yeah, and I did look through the uh, the story about this race, and it's uh, the league that's co-founded by Ford Martin, and that is the race that Kyle Busch was in at Talladega. So that is the same league. So they just must be changing cars up week by week. Sounds like a good league. Uh, Pro Series, David. Um, normally we have Mike go over this with uh, going over these big events, but uh, we don't have the big shot here this week. So what uh, what went on at Auto Club? Well... I was also I was trying to get a we've got a short synopsis, but I wanted to see how some of my the other guys I know do did too. But uh, our short synopsis here: uh, after a hundred laps of caution-free racing at Auto Club, that's that's impressive alone. Uh, Mitchell DeYoung finds his way to the top of the chart from twenty-first spot. It, it was a strategy-filled race with different pit cycles and. Um, we got two races out of the way, and I'll pull out the points and give you an update on that in a second. Here, I'll, I'll take over some of this because I watched the first half of that race uh, before I had fallen asleep before work. Um, Mitchell DeJong was on a charge there that normally you don't see. When you're watching the Pro Series, you don't see someone charge through the field. I, I don't feel like when we watched as well as he kind of did, um, I don't know if it's the cars that let this happen, but the... The fact that he was able to, I think in his first stint there before the uh, before they went in, I think he had made it into the top three before their pit stops, driving from 21st. And that just, for me in the Pro Series and, and the Coke Series and all that, it just seems like we don't see that very often. His car was on rails going through to, to come up through the field. He was making smart passes. He's obviously not a huge oval guy uh, normally, but when he does compete, whatever he goes in, he's one of the faster guys. So um, it was good to see him take the win there. Um, but I know that when he was uh, fighting at the front there, uh, it, it was, it was a battle of the same guys that stayed up near the front were up there. And, uh, and then Mitchell Zong kind of just threw his, his hat in the ring by getting up to the front the way he did. But it was the first part that I got to see was so entertaining just to, to enjoy being able to see someone have a car that they could run through the field. Yeah, that package is known for doing it. So here's an update on the points as well. Uh, our, our guest last week, Malik Ray, is holding holding fifth. So he looks like he did pretty well and is keeping himself well ahead of the bubble. Uh, right now leading the points is Alan Bose with Femi Alot, Mitchell DeJong, or DeJong, and Michael Guest rounding out the top five. And uh, a notable one here, two, two Elliott Sadler Motorsports or eSports guys are sitting right there in 6th and 7th well, Garrett and Ashton. We've already had Garrett on the show, and um, I, I'm, in part, or I'm not impartial when it comes to them. I'm definitely rooting for them. Looks like they're getting a good start. I know last week's winner, Malik, had a very tough start to the beginning of the race. I don't know where he finished. Uh, I was just trying to find that, but uh, he was stuck mired way back in the t in the in the thirty range for most of that race. So I think he was trying to just save points for that race. It wasn't maybe going to be the best race for him. He was just trying to save his position, I guess, after winning the first race of the the series here. And 
hang on to go on to next week. Yeah, and here was the top five from the race. We had Mitchell Giong took the win. Femi Alot was second. Alan Boss, Derek Justice, and Garrett Maines were the top five. And it uh, looks like uh, in the points, for, I know it's early, but Zach Novak is uh, 19th, so he's on the bubble of not making it to uh, series. Um, so um, it's, it's early, but uh, yeah, 19th for Zach. And Vicente uh, Salas, who was a guest of ours, he's in 21st, just below the cut line. He started on the pole for that race, I believe, too, if I remember correctly. He was the pole sitter. Um, be, be interesting because uh, in that format, what is it, seven races with a drop week? You basically can only have one bad race, right? Two bad races, and, you, and you're and you going to struggle to even make the bubble. The other... Uh, the other takeaway, like when you're talking about, we're talking about some of the guys that are on the bubble here. Um, you're you're right, David. They got they got to get going. You got to get a good finish, but you got to get you got to get uh, what is there four races left? You got to get four good finishes. Now there is no with where they're at right now. If you're back in that twentieth range, you have to finish top ten or better uh, for the next four races, or you're not gonna you're not gonna make it. So. If you notice this week, obviously we're not gonna. We don't have a lot of topics to go over that we normally we've gone over because uh, we're gonna we're we're gonna focus on something different uh, for the team um, because of all the guys here with Mike taking. He always takes this week off for uh, for Thanksgiving and stuff for uh, and lets the uh, kids play uh, with the podcast for a bit. Um, I'm gonna do some housekeeping notes. We'll do a couple more. Uh, we'll do a couple hardware reviews and then. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about our seasons and how it's gone here. So, um, some of the uh, housekeeping here, show notes uh, are in the description of the podcast. You can click on it, um, and you can follow along visually when we're, when you listen. Um, we want the uh, more listener involvement. We want you guys to help us with content. Email us uh, a link of stuff you find uh, to the Irishers Lounge at gmail.com. Keep it simple, no explanation. Just shoot us the link uh, via your email, or your phone. Um, we are uh, we are all on, uh, we are on all podcast platforms, uh, so uh, you can find us at any time. We're also on the Performance Motorsports Network, uh, playing multiple hours of the day, I guess, uh, all during the week. Uh, it's glad to be partnered with them. It's been it's been nice to be working with them for the last. Uh, I think it's got almost been going on a year now we've been with them haven't we yeah can i i'm gonna go ahead and bring up a a feature with those guys that we're coming up on december 8th we're actually going to go join them on on the on the burning river radio show a few of us and and talk about the iRacing year in review we're looking forward to that now on to hardware (laughs) will this computer run iRacing not now so it looks like this is probably the one that I waited on the longest here. I mean, it was probably the la- the latest released Black Friday deal. Uh, and it's coming out from Fanatec. Um, one thing that we always look for every year, and I thought they would, I thought they would have had something announced last week, but they didn't. They waited almost to what? I think it was like Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday maybe, when they finally announced what they were doing for Black Friday. Um, and what they're doing is a twenty percent off sale. So a lot of their stuff. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, it's obviously too, or you can still go and maybe get some stuff. But it sounded like this morning they were uh, they were pretty quick uh, at uh, stuff getting snatched up. But uh, they had 20% off on select things, so like their CSL Elite wheels, 
their F1 CSL F1 set, CFL or CSL Elite Wheel Base, uh, the V2 Base, Universal Hub from Xbox, the Porsche Rim, the BMW Rim, the Formula Carbon. Um, and apparently from what I read too, is there's a set amount when you go and look at it, how many that they're selling for the 20% off for their inventory that they got. Um, and, uh, once that inventory is gone, then that's it for it. Uh, so get your stuff at, uh, at Fanatec, uh, before it goes, uh, isn't 20% off. Man, I'm trying to save on not buying simulation equipment. You guys are throwing this at me. You joined the wrong team, dude. You joined Tafosi. Don't worry, you already missed out on all the deals, dude. <laughs> it's unfortunate that we've kind of done this on the Friday of the this long weekend. Obviously, everybody was busy yesterday, so uh, it's kind of kind of these deals. We're trying to get them out to you guys, but uh, it might be a little bit too late. Yeah, I wasn't. Right. I wasn't busy yesterday. I was eating grilled cheese. You're that's, can- a, that's a yummy you're Canadian. You're Canadian. We don't. We've already. There, there are. They celebrate our theirs a month later than us. The wrong time. Late to the party. Something you don't want to be late to the party on here. Samsung's got a nice forty-nine inch monitor, eh, Tony? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is old. This is old news. Anyways, I'll tell you. It's it's a forty-nine inch. Uh, QLED gaming monitor. It's like regular seven hundred bucks. You get two hundred bucks off, but it's only like a ten eighty model, and it's like two models behind. So it's just old stock. They're trying to blow out. They need to give like you know like an eight hundred dollar off the the good forty nine inch monitor. That'd be a good deal. I know teammate Tom was looking. Did he purchase one? Did he purchase this one, or did he he was trying to get a G the, what the G nine? Yeah, he said they were out of G9s when he got there. I don't know what he ended up getting. He got something. So just to reiterate, this is on the Samsung 49-inch QLEG gaming monitor. But like Tony said, it's the only their 1080p, their older version, uh, product code CHG90. Um, regularly $899, $200 off for $699. And clearly Samsung does not sponsor the Aftermath. Nope. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. But... We're this- always uh, willing to allow Samsung to come sponsor, and I would say how gorgeous and lovely this monitor is, but man. <laughs> is this the aftermath, or is this the other podcast? But- this is, this oh, is the main show, but it's gotcha. got it's got the aftermath with us. So <laughs> Welcome, you know. to- Welcome to- Adam. Tony to- 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 doesn't leave the aftermath ever behind. I need more cowbell, though. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Hi right, guys, uh, we'll do a quick another quick hit. Um, this is called a uh, Racebox uh, um, GTS button box. So Racebox Sims has a new GTS button box, and it's probably the first button box for the uh, Sim Magic M10 uh, uh, direct drive uh, wheel that's come out. So uh, this directs mountly, mounts directly to the side rails of the motor of the Sim Magic, and it's made with real carbon, so you can set it up with 21 different functions. But uh, if you order it before December 15th, you get it a special launching price of $100, $160, I should say, plus shipping. And it's regularly regular priced at 174 So you can save a couple of bucks there if you order it before December 15th. Kind of pricey, but it's a really nice box. And like three of the switches are dials and a lot of them have different contour to them. So they'll feel different and VR, which is a problem with the one I have now. They all feel the same. 
I'll say that, that with that price, you can buy uh, two uh, Derek Spears boxes. I think this one mounts the wheel, though. Yeah, this, as far as yeah, as far as like easy to get to, this you can't beat that. Well, he's talking about the same thing. You can get a big Derek Spears dash for oh. a decent price. But I think the thing here, Tony, with this um, this whole thing is is do you really need it to be carbon fiber plated? Like, do you really need the light? Like, we're, you're not mounting it to anything that you're going to break it off. It's going to break off from that you need the lightness from. I just think, I think some components we use for some of these hardware things are overkill. Aesthetic, is it aesthetically? Well, if you're in a crash. Yeah, and we've seen that. <laughs> like, we've literally seen, like, these sim rigs go through walls and stuff. Carbon fiber will hold up to that. <laughs> Wall doesn't. <laughs> now you heard it here, guys, first. Better get your carbon fiber or you're not going to be able to go through the wall with your sim rig. That's important, though. That's because, uh, like, Steve Thompson did that. He put a sim rig through a wall. I mean, you know, better for the wall give than your sim rig. <laughs> okay, so now we're going we're gonna to move on to... We're going to call this our year in review, I guess, uh, and go over... What do you guys want to do first? Do you want to do results-driven, or do you think we should go hardware? Just talk about our hardware experiences this year. Well, we've been talking hardware, so let's just jump right into our hardware. So I'm going to start off with, I think the major things that I've, my if you define my 2020 in hardware-wise, is mine would be VR, I would say. Like, VR has been the biggest change in my racing setup. Uh, you know, there's some computer upgrades, but the thing that I am loving the most is the experience I've gotten from VR. And I know... What is it? Probably 80% of our team now is in VR. A lot of us are. Welcome to the dark yeah. side. And like, I just, for me, um, I've got my best results running in VR. I've had my best, I've had the most fun in VR. And I've had some of my most stressful moments of VR because I find that VR, coming from a, a video game background too, of wanting to play video games and, and on co- consoles and stuff where you just turn it on and get going. I find VR very frustrating to deal with, with the lack of sometimes it not working updating. And I know it's a PC thing and all that stuff, but it just, sometimes it just seems like it's so finicky to work with, but yet the experience is what I remember most um, other than some of the bad moments where it just, it's not working the way I want it to. But uh, between that and a couple uh, minor upgrades to um, I've got for the podcast, I've bought up a whole bunch of things to help uh, with sound and stuff like that. And but VR is my, 2020 for me is VR is, is the year of VR for me for iRacing. Well, I can call my uh, my year the double up year because well, I went from one rig to two rigs and I got the best of both worlds, got triples and VR. And uh, I was hoping to have my whole studio totally finished this year. That was a little ambitious, but uh, it's that, that part's still in the works. But um, the second rig's all built. Still got to get uh, some of the extra hardware to, to make it workable. But, uh, yeah, that, it's, my, it's my double up year. And, um, you know, say some of the same things about VR, Greg, because, well, up until now, I really hadn't had a whole lot of experience inside a VR, and I really do enjoy it. But I got to say, I don't share the same experiences of frustration, um, you know, like setup issues or anything like that. Mine is 
just as easy as monitors really um i fire it up and pretty much rock and roll i just got to hit that button to recenter myself and uh, that's that's about it i think some of my frustration came with the before i refreshed my pc too because i've had a lot better experience since um and i think there's also frequency too i think i'm probably raced double the amount of time that you do i think maybe but other than that like i think most of my stuff happened because of the before the refresh of the pc and re redoing the whole pc but um other than ah, that, i've been pretty good since don't take my lack of racing for my lack of vr experiences because i have add so when i jump into something i got to experience everything and even some of the darker side of that too but um, we're not coming back to that before <laughs> show topic are we <laughs> no i just throw a little shot in there you know make it like a nice little oh please uh, can we but, you know, I, I've tried a lot of things that VR has to offer and, you know, spend a lot of time doing that, um, you know, with with various programs, games and all kinds of stuff, because I really wanted to, you know, kind of uh, flesh it out for lack of better terms. But it's been, you know, it's it's been quite rock solid for me. <laughs> Sorry, I don't even mean to do that. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna have to move on. We're gonna have to start on. a pa- we're gonna have to start a Patreon for uh, the, to get the uh, outtakes of uh, the beginning of the show. Ooh, and December tenth, VR comes out for Microsoft Flight Sim. Is that when it is? Yes, that is a red letter day. Woo woo! I get the bell. Yeah, flight sims are pretty fun in the, on the hardware side. Uh, hardware wise, I mean, I would love. VR is what brought me back into iRacing. I literally, I wasn't, I didn't enjoy the one monitor experience, but I was like, I'll try it when VR comes out. And so I've had VR since I came back to iRacing. Uh, finally, Oculus has changed at least one thing with their updates and that you can snooze it now instead of having to immediately update because it would be pretty frustrating. Uh, you know, if you've run several races, you don't have to practice 30 minutes before the race. And so I would I would sign up for an A open or something, come in at come in at race time, and suddenly I'd get this message that um, oh you have to update you know and the race is about to start. But they they you have the option to snooze that now. And I've also figured out how to deal with the with the it chewing up the batteries. So those are the only two issues I was have had. Most of my rig was pretty much already settled in. I did quit using the H pattern feature of the Fanatec because after multiple times of taking it apart and doing the fix and cleaning it it would still start messing up so I only use it in in sequential mode now but that's still handy because if something does happen where your buttons stop working on the wheel the sequential mode you're still able to steer uh, and I did add the spotlights the the little lights inside the 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 VR make it a little bit easier to time uh, passes and stuff and make sure you know somebody's there or not. Those spotlights are awesome. I got uh, Chris and Tony hooked on those. Yeah, I, I, when I moved my spotlights into VR too, it's such a... I feel with VR and I, I've got the surround sound set up here and putting the spotter in your ear, uh, when it's come to road racing to David, I've noticed the spotlights your spotter's way behind when somebody's on the inside of you or the outside of you. The it's just too late and those lights help so much more um, because it's so instant. Yeah. And it's way behind on the clear even more. And it's like a 50 or $60 upgrade. 
Like, I don't think you'll find uh, anything that cheap for sim racing. <laughs> and if, yeah. if we're at a plate track, somebody's always beside you anyway. So I shut the spotter off at plate tracks, actually. Yeah, I can't believe that I totally forgot to mention that because that was like a huge moment this year for me. Um, mostly because just the acquisition of those spotter lights, and that was all 100% thanks to uh, Mr. Brian McCubbin. Speaking of hardware, that's that's a good cue for Brian. Let's tell let's tell us a tell us your story. Okay, guys. Well, um, it's been a big year for hardware for me. Um, pretty much maxed out just about everything I w- ever wanted to get. <laughs> but uh, so I um, the big the big thing for this year was motion for me. You know, I just got it. It's just been set up for a couple weeks now, really. But it's it adds a, a level of immersion that is, is hard to duplicate any other way. Um, I, I have the butt kickers too, and I ran those for a while, and and it's pretty good too. I mean, it's a it's a great the butt kickers are a great option for um, to get some of the feel of the track, you know, without going full motion. So I definitely wouldn't uh, discourage anybody from getting those. It's a great addition to uh, to uh, to a setup. But uh, motion motion is a little bit more immersive, and you know I hate to be a broken record, but um, this all of my upgrades were were basically inspired by one thing, and that was VR. It really was, because it 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 changed it from a game for me to an immersion an experience, and everything I've gotten since then. And I've upgraded quite a few things, you know. I've gotten, uh, I've gotten a wind simulator. I've gotten uh, the uh, direct drive wheel. Um, I've gotten uh, all, all those things because it's it's just amplified this feeling of immersion that you're you're in a race car, and that's that's the biggest difference between VR and running on monitors. You know, you're, when you're running on monitors, you're racing on a screen. You know, uh, when you're in VR, you're in the car. It's, it just looks like you're in the car. So um, that that really inspired all of my uh, purchases in uh, iRacing is just to further enhance that immersion feeling. And I don't, you know, and I'm not winning races every week. You know, I do I do okay sometimes, and uh, but. For me, when I get out of get done a race, I feel like I've I've been in a race, um, and uh, it doesn't matter really how well I do a lot of times because it's just such a great experience for me just to have that uh, immersion. That's an escape. It's a form of escapism that all of us probably, to one extent or another, have, are are into with this sim. And uh, yeah, that's just it's that's been my focus ever since i i went to vr and uh, so i'm real happy how many of y'all have gotten to race in one of the endurance races with um within vr at sunrise especially like at sabering daytona it's just a surreal experience you feel like this you know you're going you're driving through sunrise well and if you do it in what the lmp1 car i mean the lmp1 car is beautiful like I don't know anybody that runs monitors, you get the, tr- the full view um, from side to side. There's a lot of detail that you that they put into these cars that you just don't know until you're looking around. Like when I always get to put my VR on and, and strap into the car, I feel like I'm sitting in the car because I look down and I see you, you look down and you see your chest 
with belts on it and you got your legs sitting in the spot it's it just it feels like you're there and and when you're racing one of those 24 hours or just any race that switches from day to night the glare um the way this the sun reflects around the outside of the goggles um things like that it it, it just feels I think we've commented a couple times in some of the races for the cup series this year or something, when the sun goes down, you know, Darlington on the backstretch, you need to feel like sometimes you need sunglasses with the way that the light's coming in. Yeah, well, that's you, exactly right. Yeah. You do want to make sure you have HDR off if you're doing VR, if you do, otherwise it will blind you. I'll say one thing that annoys me when I look around in that cockpit is that damn left foot sitting on that clutch. Yeah, that is, I mean, I don't want them to change anything inside the car, like make it moving like the, I don't want them to see shifting gear. I know some cars, you can see the stuff moving and stuff that doesn't mean immersion for me to, to do it. But you know, I, I just like the fact that you're, you're in that car, you, your distance from your hands to the wheel is what you're actually feeling from where your head is in VR too, which is nice. Yeah, in the cup car, you can actually see the brake-by style move, and you can see the ignition switch when, if you turn the engine on and off. And I know in the V8 car, you can see the, the sequential shifter. Which I don't know why some cars they did that in, and sometimes they didn't. It just seems like sometimes they wanted to do it, and sometimes they just didn't. Hashtag soon. Hashtag, I'm going to be doing something different next year. <laughs> um, uh, also, by the way, uh, as far as the motion goes, um, I just tried out the, the Microsoft sim, uh, Flight Sim, uh, and it, it is set up for the uh, for the motion platform system I have too, and uh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for it to come out in VR where I can have that on, <laughs> and you can awesome. feel the pitching and rolling. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Brian's setup is just makes us drool when we think when we saw uh -huh. it in, the, in pimp pictures and stuff. Oh, for us poor people, I'm glad you mentioned the butt kicker thing. I don't know if it's a Black Friday thing or if it's in this cheat for a little bit, but the um, butt kicker gamer two, one that basically clamps on to an office chair, is like 130 bucks right now. I think they used to be like 180. <clears throat> so yeah, I don't know if that's a, a deal or if that's just what they are now, but that's a pretty pretty good deal to get you started in. Um, I don't know that see your pants. I say it's still a better deal than uh, trying to make your own homemade butt kicker, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm married. Is that a butt kicker? Yes. Counts. A, fr a friend of mine calls them ass blasters, but um, I, I think I'll stick with butt kicker. Yeah. Yep. That, that, that don't, don't, don't type that into the conversation we were having earlier. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't call mine a butt kicker. I call mine uh base shakers. And those are the two things. Well, I got four of them now sitting on my, uh, my my chair and uh, uh there's a couple things i got this year i got the the big oval rim and uh, a couple of, uh Derek spears button boxes um yeah it helped me with my racing so far and uh yeah hopefully getting a rig next year now tony me and you both purchased the same oval rim um what did you think of once you went to that rim from the smaller ones um the force feedback was a little bit um different um but you get used to it um i'm loving this big old rim um it's i think it's actually helped my racing out a lot better say so unlike unlike you guys i actually run my steering ratio 10 to 1 um on ovals so yeah 
Hey, we're in the same boat, Tony. I got the new rim too. Is your yeah. is, is yours guys' wheel gross yet from the hand oil on it? <laughs> no, yes, my, I, my gloves, I gloves are falling apart. I've tried to use the gloves to keep it from that way. The thing that I found that I've worn out more is my McLaren rim, the rubber grips. They kind of just wear out more. And the other thing that I've worn out a lot this year is um, speaking of that is, is my racing shoes. I've put a flat spot on it and um, I found that my braking, the way I, the, the, the pedals I use um, grind a little bit away every once in a while. And you just have a little bit of shavings of the rubber soles on your, so that I got to blow off my deck of my uh, inverted V threes every once in a while. What what uh, pedal do you have on that? Do you have the uh, racing pedal or the one just uh, covering the adhesive? The, the D, the D, the D. Um, they call the D shaped pedals. Greg likes a D. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. That's another show. Yeah, that is not, not that. But we're not putting that as the topic or the <laughs> the show podcast name. I think it's a great name for the show. Uh, Steven, what, uh, what have you upgraded this year? I've seen this year I've got, I did upgrade to the V3 inverted pedals and the DD1. Uh, with the DD1, definitely can feel, uh, the cars, the cars starting to slide a little bit more. Um, I feel like I get a little bit more input, be a little bit more, uh, on point with braking and, throttling up and all that good stuff but other than that that's the only thing i've gotten this year i mean that's a pretty big upgrade i think but i got other things in the works for the beginning of next year i think me and you got the same surround sound setups now too oh yeah i did get that too yep the what is that the uh logitech z606 it's pretty awesome i love it yeah, when when I when the wife and uh, kids aren't home and you turn it, I turn it up real uh, real loud. It, it's it's probably one of the best experiences to just sit, be in VR, you know, just have my headset on for spotter, and then have the the big sub sits right beside my seat and and all the speakers around me, and it just it sounds great. Yeah, I just started getting really to actually use the surround sound uh, now that I got my own place. So, yeah, I've been using it quite a bit over the last week and a half, two weeks. I love it. Oh, so you guys need to get some bass shakers. Um, also, get the Sim Hub app, and uh, you can actually control the, the vibration in the, the V3 inverteds. I, I didn't know that, so that would be something I'll be doing tonight. They come on the regular V3s quite a bit, too. I can always tell when my right front is sliding because they'll start to shake. Oh, yeah, and yeah get it to where you want in uh in sim hub and it's it's a lot better than the fan attack app i find if you start working on that fan attack app you you kind of end up just if you go any further with some some stuff that the, the app fails and then you got to uh redo all the drivers at some point yeah i've had to redo so much with that fan attack uh fan alive thing try to get everything dialed in I'm hesitant to add another feature because I, I still have some kind of issue. After I have opened and closed iRacing four or five times, I have to reboot the computer. I think at some point, David, you're probably going to have to do a, a redo. It is a redo. It started I, immediately I would, with a redo. I, I, I There's something, something's off. It's, it's probably something with the memory. How much RAM are you running? Do you have Chris's uh, memory in there? Or 64. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, um, I think it's, let's see, CS420, I think is the brand. 
that's another podcast too. Huh. Um, is there any other hardware stuff that you guys um, can think of that you guys have incorporated this year? I mean, well, any any software that we've you guys have upgraded to? I've got one. I've got one. Because like I said, my memory sucks, but my upgrades have been recent. So my Sparco rim, which is nice, but the buttons aren't nearly as accessible as I thought they were going to be. And that Rickmotech load cell for my T3PA pedals. I just put that in a couple days ago, but that seems pretty freaking awesome. I had some upgrades too. Um, I had this splintery wooden rake rake I had, and it was pretty falling apart. So um, my buddy Bobby will appreciate this if we've any if any listeners in Maine. I have a I had a new rig built, and it's pretty much like it feels like you're sitting in a super late model. It's a two frame rig, and it fits me well. And I bought a butt kicker and I put that on the back of it, and for under five hundred bucks, it was pretty good. How is that frame holding up? Solid as a rock. Somebody told me, you could throw a motor on that and put some axes on it and wheels and have that as a go-kart. Well, isn't that what you're planning on doing next year? Yes, I will be on a winged cart yet next year. On dirt. So if you see me on the sim racing uh, sprint cars and stuff, that's why. So I'm going to transition this, obviously, now, because I'll start with you, Adam, because <laughs> your, your year this year... Um, you've joined the team pretty, I think probably pretty early in the year here. Mm-hmm. Um, you've had an interesting up and down year. I know emotionally, um, with the sim and the real life and things like that. Um, do you want to go over how you felt about iRacing, how you felt about what, what you've done over the summer too? Yeah. Um, I, I had the full intention to run the full season, but I don't know. I got busy. I do video editing on the side, and uh, that took up most of my time. And I really didn't have any time to run NIS this summer. But um, as of late, I've been running more more cup car stuff, and that's been fun. I run a lot of short track stuff, too. It, actually, looking at my numbers from last year, I had the same amount of starts and three less wins than last year. When you were uh, constantly, when you did, if you averaged out racing in a week, you would definitely get a win. Like, if you were one and done, you'd you probably have a tough week, but most of the time I find looking at your results, the more you participated in a week, the more your results felt, you felt better about yourself. Yeah. If I came into an NIS race and ran 20th and crashed out and finished 30th, I probably would lose some, some um, confidence and not come back for a week and then maybe get a little better and I'd run a little more and pick up some wins and other stuff. And that would help. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for the fact that um, the I felt that we kind of didn't help you either. Like between you and David, you guys had had high I ratings for pretty much from start to finish the season. Um, I've moved up there. Steven, I think we both have moved up there uh, with Mike. We were in that area. I think the problem we that we couldn't help you with most of the season, too, is competitive setups at the beginning of the year and stuff like that, we were just a little bit behind for a long period of time. And I think this is kind of for me thinking right now, I'm, I'm more excited for 2021 with our setup part with our partner now. Um, oh yeah. I feel good now. I with, feel like uh, we're on the right track with us being on the right track, being partnered with the uh, schoolyard setups and Mike Morley um, and, and the feedback that we're allowed to, I'm not a setup builder. And none of us are real setup builders. We're trying. We we know what we want in a car. We can, we we can just, tweak it. We just can't we just, build it from the ground we up. We just don't build it from the ground up. And I'll admit that every single day I can try and build some stuff. I can learn some stuff. But 
in the end, I don't have the patience or time to, to devote that kind of time. And, um, one of the nicest thing, and I, I'm thankful that we were able to work with Mike here um, and do this because I think it sets us up for a good position next year. Yeah, I think we're. I think at the beginning of the year we were really bouncing around with like five or six different sets a week and trying to narrow it down. And by the time it was race time, we were just kind of shooting from the hip and hoping for the best. I think that's what we were doing. It, it worked once. I got a top ten at Phoenix, and it, it was hard. Pretty, pretty much being a rookie in NIS and running pretty much in the pro split and the top split. We also didn't really fall behind until they kicked in the new tire model. We, mm-hmm. a, lot of our, a lot of our older sets and basically the Tanner sets were working really good until that new tire model kicked in and we, we struggled when that came out. And, and I'm I think- still struggling with that tire model. I run it in the super lay model and I cannot figure it out. I think it's, like I said, it just comes down to, we don't know I think once, if, if you're one of those guys that when you start building and, and you find what that secret is to, to, to the, the older model of the tire, let's say, if, mm-hmm. if they change something, then maybe you can find that other, the fix that you need to make the new one work better than, but we just kept falling behind and behind each thing and it, it just didn't help. And, and I mean, we, we did what we could. Um, I think we salvaged some good good finishes, which is is to be in the NIS. You could salvage a good finish, even if you're not really running that great sometimes. I mean, I know it's a little bit more tough for you and David up in the higher splits um, than, than some of us that are lower. Um, but I think for the beginning of the season, you guys did a, a good job for, for being behind. Well, at the beginning of the season, I wasn't in the top split. I didn't know, but you were really start hitting you were there. highest. I yeah, remember, I, I remember Phoenix and getting the top ten, and like I had like six people messaging me. Some, so I think some were some, some pro from some pro teams messaging me to end. Hey, hey, good job, good finish. That was pretty cool. That actually that happened to me last week um, during the Sarah Fall Brawl. I had Ryan Coon and a bunch of people messaging me after I held off um, Donovan Strauss for forty laps to make my way through the LCQ to get into the Fall Brawl. Well, isn't that the kind of the interesting things here that can happen on the sim as well as is, is those kind of friendships or, or, or connections you can make by one good race or someone just seeing you uh, run that Dig way it for all you have. Like I, I, think. I, I relate it back to even and David, I know you get a lot of this too. Like I run the iRacing logo every time I can on most of my cars. And when I get a sense of satisfaction when someone's in a race with us and they say, love the podcast, listen to it all the time when they see the logo on the car. And that's the kind of recognition that I feel that we're doing good to the community. Yeah. I want to race and, and get good wins and good, good finishes and stuff like that. But I feel more pride in what we do here as, as a team with, with the podcast. I enjoy both aspects. I, I'm always been a Jack of all trade guys. So I don't, you know, I really enjoy doing the podcast, but I also enjoy being a, a competitive hobbyist. I'll say I'm ne- I I don't I don't have any aspirations of ever really being a pro racer. Like in real life or on here? Either. You can get a go-kart, get a wing cart. Not around here. It's, <laughs> just, it's not where I live. No, if I was closer to St. Louis, there's a really good track there and I I I ran in it and was when I went up to Gateway last time and had some really good times, but no. Um I, I've already got my plate pretty full between work and lifting and and the online racing and music gigs when they when everything opens back up. So I got plenty going on. Yeah, I think next year we're going to be 
set up better than we were this year. Going into Daytona, we're going to be ready to go. More, more idea what we're going to do. Brian, um, you're the newest member to uh, Team Tifosi and, and the iRacers Lounge. Uh, I think you came in, was it four or five months ago? Um, how's your year been be- before you joined the team um, and, and then joining us? I know you're your affiliation basically was being part of the um, OBRL and knowing Tony and, and Chris and, and the guys that run in there. Um, yeah. Well, before I joined, which was, uh, I think it was late June. Um, I was just an avid listener. I listened every week um, and I never missed an episode. I would, uh, I never followed the show notes, but um, as I was listening, I would pause during some of like the hardware stuff and pause the podcast and, and like look stuff up and, and things like that. So I was a, I was a huge fan of the show. And, uh, you know, when you guys put a call out for, for recruiting new members, I was, I, uh, I jumped on it cause I had up to that point, I had, uh, put in a couple of, uh, of uh, topics for you guys to read. You, you actually read on the show and I was all excited. You know, I played back the podcast and, you know, let my kids hear that my name on the show. And they thought it was really cool. And uh, so when I actually finally got in, I was actually kind of surprised because uh, when, when Mike put out the call for recruitment, it, it sounded more like a behind the scenes kind of guy. And uh, so I, when he, when he said uh, he liked me to be on the show every week, I was kind of a, uh, I was I was surprised that 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 came with the gig. Um, I was uh, you know so, but I knew I knew Tony and uh, and Chris Scales from OBRL, but I didn't really know them. You know I knew they were on the show because I had listened all the time and they were on all the time. So whenever they were in a race with me, you know it was like racing with people you you know you know that you've been listening to you felt like you'd known them and it was it was a really happy race with those guys um but yeah so so uh, ever since i uh i've been with the show it's it's been a man it's been a roller coaster uh you know i uh, i have a blast uh doing what i'm doing here i learned so much about iRacing and and hardware and topics and stuff like that when just by uh doing what i do for the show um so uh and you know it just it's like uh like like uh, like you said, it's more like a hobby and uh, a passion, really, at this point. Well, and I I don't know if the listeners realize this, but um, when we put that call out, they, uh, Mike and I are both admins of the team, and we've been looking for someone that consistently was going to take over doing the show notes. Tony and um, Chris were doing it for a while there, and I know um, they both have very busy lives to. And when work and work schedules and things like that, um, and we were getting the shows together, and it was a little bit difficult at the time. And, and they did such a great job um, before Brian came along. And and now that we transition into Brian getting things set up and and, and everybody contributing to the show um, this way, Brian's taken over the show notes and and run with it um, in a way that uh, we were we've been looking forward to to, to having for a long time and. Um, it makes our job so much easier to, to, to run the podcast um, and, and do our roles that we have in here. Not, um, I know Mike, Mike, Mike goes through all these topics and see, uh, most knows a lot about it. Mike puts in a lot of time on the show. Um, 
and and we thank Mike for doing all that stuff. But um, Brian collects a lot of this stuff with Mike and and makes sense of it for us to kind of look good. I don't know how good we look sometimes when we report some stuff. Sometimes we're lost. But um, for the most part, if we didn't have Brian and Mike um, there guiding us along, I don't think any of us would be um, half as comfortable doing this podcast. Now, we cover such a wide array of material that there's no way we can have all of this in the back of our minds, especially because this isn't our full-time job, right? Uh, some of it we we know very deeply. Some of it we're basically kind of like a news reporter, you know, reading a, sort of a teleprompter. And and it's it's... I didn't. I never thought when I joined Team Tafosi years ago that I would even be part of the podcast. I listened to it. I thought I was going to be racing for the team and and just building setups and working around stuff. And then I came on the show once and enjoyed it. And that that's a nice feature about working with all the guys here on our team is it's so welcoming to just this podcast is welcoming to just come on and and be free to talk about it. And I know Brian. I, I know when we put that ad out there, it didn't sound like you were going to be on the show much. And then I know Mike always puts it open to anybody on this team every day can show up or each week can show up and, and be part of the podcast. There is no, um, no sex crew for this podcast. We just go every week and, and fulfill or just talk about what we, what we know. And if we don't know something, we can either research it or you'll someone to let us know or whatever. But um, with Brian and Mike doing what they do, it helps us get through all this. And then um, Brian, did you have much NIS results for this year? Yeah, not a whole lot. Cause I really didn't run it a whole lot before I started up with you guys. Um, Mike, uh, you know, uh, pressed up, he, he, he impressed on me that, you know, he'd really like me to get into it. And, uh, so I can, uh, be a part of the results section and all that stuff. And, uh, and I did, uh, you know, I had a, had a few races in before I started having some issues with hardware and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, um, so, but I, I do like racing the NIS and, uh, it's 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 obviously different than running league races because you're running against different people all the time and you don't particularly know how they race you. You kind of you learn a few names along the way that you uh, that you either like to race with or or uh, you shy away from racing with because you know they might be uh, inconsistent or, or whatever. But um, but I but I am looking forward to uh, to doing a full NIS season next year. So. Uh, so I will be uh, putting more time into making sure I get in all the results for that. And I'll probably have to run rotating because I'll be busy every other Friday. I'll have to run a Wednesday one week and a Friday the next week or on NIS. There's always Sunday mornings as well. And I got my kid. Exactly. And we, ra- we race on Sundays. Come on, Sundays are awesome. <laughs> I'm going to be running as much as possible this next NIS season. <laughs> Stephen's <laughs> going to be uh, enjoying the, uh, the new life. <laughs> Oh, you have no idea, fellas. I'm going to be getting in. <laughs> That's for another podcast, too, right, Stephen? Oh, boy. <laughs> you just made me sp- spill my beverage everywhere. Uh, <laughs> we're probably going to go to our resident uh, 24-hour sim driver here now. David, I joke about you always being on the sim, but, I mean, you do start the most races of all different series on here. Um, 2020 was... Was it as crazy as 2019 race-wise for you? 
Um, I saw some progress. You know, I stayed in a lot, the same series, and yes, I do race a lot, uh, especially this year because we closed the schools down in March, and I just had to be on call for my students, uh, so I would race and just not stream during the day and answer emails between races uh, to help them out anytime they had any questions. So, yeah, I get a lot of racing in. And, you know, like I said, I, my practice is through racing, so I just jump on the track, and once I know the track, I just go and go and go. Uh, and get better each time i'll get i'll get some results where somebody really just you know ruins the race but i run enough times that i'll get a good finish uh i hit a peak of four thousand, i guess on the i rating this year on the oval side which is which was a I, th- I thought it felt like a pretty good accomplishment it fell back down into the 3600s but um it, it was quite fun and i'm actually sitting on a peak right now of 23 almost 2400 on the roadside uh, i've been just farming the mess out of amola now um the one thing that i've counted on from you this season is if one thing that i i i bounce off of you is you got the first couple a races in the week to test out sets and and help us formulate an opinion for a wednesday night starting of nis yeah that's what i always try to do i just i i've said it before i cannot learn what a set has until everybody i'm you know is starting on the same lap you run around you run laps in practice and you see you got people hot lapping you've got people taping it up you've nobody's ever on the same tires it's just you don't really know how you're doing compared to everybody else it's not it's not really easy to see 10 lap averages and 15 lap averages because the the practices are so unorganized um so you just you don't know and i've even tried the iris the, the the ai but then you just know how you're doing against the ai you don't really know if it's keeping up on the long run or not until you get in the race so yeah I'd, I'd i'd get i'd tweak the set a little bit and then run an a open and see what happens and see if i'm keeping up with the guys that i usually keep up with or not and I think for me, that's probably what I'm going to change the most next season. But I don't know if that's going to be feasible, feasible because I've also adapted to like liking the uh, the road side of racing here too. So I got to balance that. Plus, I do like driving the dirt uh, rally cars. So it's it's really hard to balance some of that stuff, um, especially when you want to be competitive in the ovals and and in the road side. But um, I know me and you bounce i bounce a lot off of you trying to find you know road racing wise and and then the oval side as we're going in the in the regular year uh and when work is in full swing i can usually get like one a open in say on monday and tuesday and then run the wednesday nis and then after that for the for the rest of the week and weekend i'll start sneaking back onto the road course that's that's the way i would work it out and it sounds like next year i'm gonna have to start getting you guys all used to driving a stock car on road courses Oh boy. It's, it's it's a trip because we you know we sit in the we jump in the ferrari and i'm quicker we jump in 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 the chevy or the ford and you just destroy me i think i'm trying to get better at the ferrari with you i just i don't have the the hours in the car with you and for some reason i just i i don't know what it is with the heavy car and and the road courses i just seem to adapt to it more um with with the with the the, the cup series at, at road courses so I hope it translates into uh, six good weeks next year, but it's not going to help me with what I normally do on the road courses and farming 
I rating because next year we won't be able to farm farm I rating on those. Uh, it'll be for road racing. I'll be able to farm I rating. Is the short tracks? Is that going to have a different I rating? No, it'll be oval. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was so wondering gotta... if I was wondering if they'd go there. Sorry, Stephen. I was just going to ask. When's the next uh, long, good uh, road course race? I kind of want to get into it. Well, there's a couple of different options here. There's the big special events, which will start back up next year. Um, It'll be be the 24 hours of Daytona. It'll be late July, early February. But there's a series for endurance racing that has six-hour races every other week on the weekends. Well, I might want to try to start getting into that with you guys and start running with you a little bit here before too long. Yeah, it's it's called the Endurance Le Mans Series, and uh, I run it – I haven't had I haven't had a regular partner in a while. Sorry, <laughs> I'm a, uh, I'm a I flake. Be a partner now. I'm a flake. I'm but a I, flake on you anymore. I'll join. But but you know I like I love running the GT and IMSA, which is the middle class. But in the ILMS, I run the nine one nine Porsche, and uh, I'm I'm not on the alien level. But as I, I guess what you would call a, a, a top split. I, well, I won a top split race this week. Um, because the aliens wrecked out, but yeah, uh, I enjoy driving that car, and I'm gonna jump on my soapbox now. Greg got his rant last week. I've got my rant this week. So you're a miniature alien. That's kind of funny considering how short I am. I know. The dwarf. I'm not that short. Uh, I don't get to. I don't. Otherwise, I'd be getting money. So you're government. like you're like Elf, pretty much. I think your rant is going to be the same way I'm feeling about Emily this week too, David. So I'd like to hear this. Well, the the rule for multi class racing is that the passing car is responsible for making a safe pass. All right, listen to the wording of that. It's for making a safe pass. Okay. Now, I had it just today, and this kid got protested because. I, I pass him on basically a, a windy straightaway, and I'm on his outside it, just as we're getting ready to enter the corner, and he doesn't have time to get to the outside and take a perfect line into the next entry, and, and he's blinking me and, and griping at me. I made a safe pass, and I cost him like 0.2 seconds, okay? But G, the GTEs, they have this belief that they are entitled to the perfect lap and you cannot ever make a move that costs them to have to check up early or take a slightly unfavorable racing line and it's just not what the rule is and i was in a race this year with nim cross he was running in the hpd and somebody else in a gte yelled at him on on the comms for dive bombing them and he was like dude you don't understand. If I have the position at that point, it's your responsibility. And and he basically said, "No, you're not entitled to the perfect lap." But so many of them think they'll they'll gripe. They'll be they won't be like, "Dude, you made an unsafe pass. You almost wrecked me." No, they'll say, "Oh man, you cost me a a second off my lap time," and that's just not right. And then they they'll turn around and they'll block you or try to interfere you or flat out. You saw the replay earlier. A guy rammed me after I passed him clean, and he rammed me on the apex of the corner because I. I was making sure I didn't run over the next GT in front of him, and he hit me seven times because he didn't like the fact that I passed him in a place that was going to cause him to have to slow down. So there's my rant: GE, GTE drivers, you don't, you're not entitled to a perfect lap. You're just entitled to not get wrecked. I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here. Yeah, I kind of I agree with you, David, because 
what I've learned uh, in my short time and with the GTE cars at Imola this week, especially, but in general, the problem that I've seen in this, some of it is over aggression on my part. Uh, I'm still learning. Um, I'm not perfect at driving those cars. Um, the, the thing I'm finding is you run perfect laps for four or five laps running somebody down. You've run four or five laps really good, got to their back bumper. You probably were like three or four seconds back. You made up the gap. So then you got to find obviously a braking zone at Imola to get past them or outrun them exiting a corner to try and get them down to that next braking zone. Well, this one guy I had a race with today, every time we get off the last corner and you have that long straightaway, he'd block to the inside. It's fine. I don't mind you taking one line and doing it. But at one point, I pushed him all the way down the straightaway with my front, the front of my car, just kept pushing him as far as I could. I had the draft. I was just pushing and pushing, pushing because he was just going to leave there. As soon as I he went up the track just a bit, I dove underneath him to uh, make the clean pass on the braking zone in the first corner. But that compromises you, obviously, on your exit of that corner, which if they get it out of that corner um, and exit with you, they could run you down to the next exit zone. The problem I have is they he, he didn't want to slow his entry to that corner because I was on that inside. He just wanted to still make the corner like he was going to. So when I got into that corner, beat him to the corner and exited, he basically just runs in the back of me. Didn't spin me or anything, just but gives me X's for no reason instead of conceding the position. I just find on the roadside and... Anybody that's on a roadside that's listening to this, I'm not against any of this. I'm just learning with it. But I find ovals racing, when you're racing on a road, a lot of guys will concede the position. It just seems there. It's like, I've run you down from three seconds. It's an hour-long race. You don't have to run that hard. And that's why things happen where guys are always so mad. It's like I was in such an angry room today, it seemed, too. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, just, it just is unnecessary. It's like, finish the race. Don't 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 ruin it it's don't throw the race away i've thrown plenty of races away to know that what's wrong right and wrong but i just seem that if you're faster and you get the line and you made a clean pass and then if you're trying to get back at me like it's fine to cross over and try that and do that i get that it's my job to try and get an exit out of that corner too but don't run the corner like you're trying to that you're still entitled to that corner when i'm trying to make an inside pass how far in the race were you as well uh 15 minutes in yeah see that that's just poor racecraft on that guy period um and and i get compounded with that and that all the gtes don't want to ever have to change their line you know if i get beside him so you know they'll call it a dive bomb but you have a huge run and you're you're nearly almost completely past them before before the braking zone and then they'll try to race you into the next corner when you're the, when you're a faster class car you haven't done anything dangerous to them but you're going to make them have to to check up and they'll get mad about it and just turn around and hit you. And it's, d- it's ridiculous. I think a guys need to understand a dive bomb is when you miss the apex of the corner when you're trying yeah. to pass somebody. If you still hit the apex or, or come close to exiting the corner like you normally should, that's not a dive bomb. That's outbreaking. I don't know if anybody watches. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody watches F1. I mean, some of viewers are going to watch F1. Look at Daniel Ricardo. what he used, he's capable of doing in an F1 car. The late breaks that you know, some guys break at the corner. He breaks an extra 30 feet further than those guys do. That's not a dive bomb. He just knows how to get his car slowed down fa- faster. 
And if that car being overtaken turns into him, that car is going to be the one that gets the penalty, not him. Yeah, it's we're we're all out there racing for space. But and the other thing I don't get too is okay if you're going to block, if you're blocking down a straightaway to try and make sure that nobody passes you, especially when you're trying to make up time like that. Don't get mad if something happens then. Well, if you, blocking if you, is if you throw a block and some kind of contact happens because somebody is trying to is faster trying to get around you. If some incidental contact happens, that's going to be part of it. If you want to run safely in a race, don't throw a block either. Yeah, and blocking in in a sports car racing like that is actually against the sporting code, and, and I've had successful protests on it. Well, if it's you, just one move, right? You're not supposed to make multiple well, moves. It's just no, one. It's not just one move. You're not allowed to make a reactionary move after, after you've already committed to one lane or the other. So if the guy's catching on you and you're running down the left side and then I pull to the right and you pull to the right after, that is a block and it is protestable. See, I find that in the – we keep going on this. I, 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 don't, I didn't mean it to be this long, but I find that guys think that they can run the block down the inside but then still make their way back up to the racing line to make the corner too. Nope. Which is is wrong, too. If they take a defensive line, if they immediately, if they move to the inside before you, then that's legal. I'm going to give you that outside, and I'm going to give you that lane to pass me out out there, and uh, that's where you're going to go around me. And if you keep running the back of me, I'm just going to slow down more and hold the bottom. Well, like I I said, with that guy that I raced, I pushed him down the straightaway, followed him where he was running. He ran the same line as soon as it came off the corner down at the bottom. He did nothing wrong. What I did was as soon as he went up the track to make, because it bent in, at Imola there, you got the double, the double left before you get to the corner and it's just little kinks in the road. Well, it brings you off the bottom a bit. Well, I stayed with the line and, and was able to get on the inside and br- break, which is a very, very wrong angle to take that corner at, but I outbroke, break into the corner, but it just, it's just an unfortunate racing incident to make the exit of that corner having someone on your bumper not check up. I check up a lot for people that, you know, either don't miss the corner or miss the corner um, to avoid contact. And, and just it's part of racing is you're not going to get the fastest lap every time. I know some of this also in the Lamar series, especially when you do Lamar, if you're in an LMP one car, Lamar is a fun race to run. If you're in a, a GTE car, the actual Lamar track is a very hard track to make time up. If you don't exit the corners properly and get the full speed down the straightaways, it doesn't have a lot of turning points on the track to make time up. So I get where you have to try and have perfect laps when you're a GTE car. Um, but a track like Imola, where you can make up time in any corner, all these tracks that the rest of the tracks that you race on, there's plenty of areas to make up time. It's not, you don't have to have perfect laps all the time. And I'll just wrap it up and then talk a little bit about the rest of my season with, with this, the, it's the LMPs or the faster classes job to be safe in passing, but both classes will have to sacrifice time. And that's just, that's straight out of, of Nim Cross's mouth. So uh, I did uh, run the complete NIS season in division two and it was sitting P3 most of the season. And then a couple of guys with drop weeks caught me and put me at P5. But uh, uh, that's, uh, pretty good. I think last year I was just down to Division Three. So to finish back on the top page, I think I was also 18th overall in the entire division. And that's pretty much uh, what wrapped up my season. I'm having to run a high division in the road as well now, and I, I didn't place any in any of those. Um, yeah, so that's your season then. Um, 
Tony, do you have to get to the OBRL race tier two tonight or no? No, not tonight. Okay, so it's, we'll get to you in a sec because I guess Steven's got to head out here soon too. Um, Steven, 2020 for you, you rejoined our team. So how did you feel after rejoining? Uh, after rejoining, I felt good, uh, especially once we started getting uh, the schoolyard setups going and uh, Morley sets. I really like the Morley sets since I've been on. Um, I just feel like everything's been a whole lot better. And this time next year, I plan on having over 300 races done by this time next year. This year, I took quite a bit of time off with just life and stuff going on, wrestling, wrestling, practice, and all that stuff. So this next year, it's going to be going down. Well, and I know, uh, I think you left us or went on a hiatus for a bit because, like you said, you were busy. So then when you came back, I know you started racing a lot with, uh, I think me and you raced around each other a lot in the same, because we were around the same I rating uh, for most of the end of that season. Um, I think I, I think our most, the race, the race that comes to mind to me, I think, was Bristol. I think me and you had some pretty good battles at Bristol. Um, yeah, for sure. For this season. And I think that's, uh, that's one of the races I think we started on the school racing setups as well. Well, I can't remember if that was the first race or the second race of the season that he did it, but um, yeah, it's it's been great to uh, have you back racing with us, and uh, I look forward to seeing. You know, you, you seem like your life's a little bit more straight for you to to run more races next season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like I, when I started back this year, I was over a three thousand I rating, and then it dipped down to like. Uh, I think the lowest I got was like a 1500. Now I'm kind of back around that 26 area. So I'm trying to get it back up there slowly, but surely it's working its way out. I'm hoping by the time we get to NIS, I can have it up around a 3200 and then move it up forward from there. And Bristol, yeah, Bristol's one of my favorite tracks. And I, I'm, I think you're right. That's when we did start the schoolyard setups. And that, Bristol, whenever we go there, I feel like that's one of my best tracks, and I always pull out a win or two when we go there. Doesn't matter the setup or whatever. Yeah, uh, 2020, uh, 2021 will be an interesting year to uh, see how this goes. It'll be the last year of the uh, this car, and hopefully into the next generation, uh, we have a really competitive car for 2022 too. But um, hopefully, something more with horsepower and less downforce. Yeah, I, I I used to excel in the horsepower cars too. I I like the eight hundred horsepower car. Yep, I'm the same way. Um, Tony, uh, you've had a your year has been more consistent of obviously league racing. Uh, you probably had a couple NIS starts, but not uh, you didn't run a full season. Uh, I know you've been busy with a lot of work and stuff, but OBRL and league racing seems to be your results for this year, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I don't think I made it past April with NIS. I just, I just, eh. um, I, I've yet to run a full NIS season. I usually get burnt out, you know, once the summertime hits, it's, you just kind of get, get busy. for me anyways. Well, you get busy and you just get kind of tired of the on-track antics that I, that I face, you know, week in and week out. Um, but yeah, I've been doing a lot of league racing specifically OBRL cause those guys are just awesome. Um, you know, my, my results have yeah, been quite lackluster, but throughout the races and stuff, I've been able to find, um, 
you know, little gems of things that are, that are really good. And once I am, uh, once I settle my mind with all the stuff that I do, uh, you know, with racing outside of sim racing, um, I'll be able to sit down and actually focus and, and start putting together those things that I'm learning in little increments and string them out for, for full, for full races and, and start, um, you know, seeing the results, uh, on the track, uh, a lot better than what I, what I've been, but, uh, I, have been extremely distracted this year with, with all my little projects and stuff that I've been doing. Um, it's kind of cut into the racing time, but I've still been spending a heck of a lot of time on the, on the sim and, you know, kind of around the sim, but just not on the track. Well, I would say, especially off the track, a couple of the highlights is you started a, an excellent com- companion show, and y'all have also had your broadcasting debut this year. You can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, starting up the aftermath earlier this year, that was um, that's that's been just an absolute blast. We've been having so much fun with that, and then um, yeah, the three of us with the aftermath show. Uh, started broadcasting for the ladies of iRacing and we've done two shows now two races sorry two races and I tell you that's that's a heck of an experience um, you know we, we get to see uh, some real it's kind of see like some diamonds in the rough because you know the the racing itself with the ladies they're all for the most part they're all rookies and um the two races that we've we've done, you know, there's ladies out there that have never done a race before. This is their first time actually racing, and to be able to see uh, the progression that those ladies go through live um, has been absolutely fantastic. And then, you know, we're, we're calling it, and you know, we we don't even try to be, uh, you know, professional. We try to do a bit of a play by play, but. Uh, for the most part, the way that it feels for me is just like, you know, it's, it's just three friends hanging out in a garage, um, you know, talking through a race and then, um, you know, to, to do some play by play, obviously, because you got to have that, but, uh, that has been just an absolute fun experience and probably, um, definitely if not the top highlight of my year, uh, you know, it's tied for first place with uh, some of the other stuff I've been doing. Well, and to bring up with the broadcast, um, I commend you, Chris and Tony for sticking to the way you guys are. Like your personalities are, are so laid back for that show. You guys do a great job. Like um, I download it every time it comes out. I usually get it middle of the week is by the time I get to it in my truck when I'm, when I'm driving down the road and it's kind of just, I, I, I say our show here is is kind of relaxed and 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 stuff like that, but there is structure to what we're doing. Your guys' cleanup of what you guys do, just talking about your experiences, um, it's kind of just a, a, a ties up the knot of of our show by the end of the week uh, for every two weeks, and it's good to see um, yourself, um, Chris, show their personalities, but. I think the one that I found this year that I've enjoyed too is seeing Tony Rochette um, come out the way he has. As I think he's not a very, he, for me, I think he might have been shy at uh, doing broadcast or doing broadcasting, doing talking, and 
a show like this. Like it's it, it's refreshing to see your show um, give opportunity to him to show himself for you guys to show the way you guys are doing as well. Yeah, yeah. Now let's talk about Mr. Rochette because yeah, he's definitely shone like bright, like super bright. He has really, really come into his own, and that has been um, you know so cool to see because you know off the air. You know, we, we talk with Tony and, and um, you know, he's a lot of fun to hang out with. Um, and, you know, we always have a great time with him. So when we brought him in, you know, when we were discussing starting this aftermath and we're like, oh, we got to got to try and get get Tony on there. And he's kind of, you know, a little humming and hawing. He's like, well, I'll just be the one liner guy. And we're like, OK, well, you know what, whatever you want to bring to the table, let's just we'll roll with it and, you know, see what happens. It just, we're just out having a good time. No big deal. But that progression that he's had, you know, throughout this year has just been phenomenal. And, you know, now he's added his whole one man band thing. Um, he's constantly just coming up with some new stuff and uh, new things for us to try. And um, it's, it's been really exciting. And it's just like, you know, a huge round of applause to, to Tony for, um, you know, doing everything that he's doing. And he is just absolutely amazing on those broadcasts. Now, why haven't we gotten to meet Craig yet? Well, because, uh, quite frankly, we're, we're in a bit of a... I'm trying to find the right word for it, but, you know, Craig has just not been very cooperative as of late. Um, so you hear us talk about, like, we, you know, we slam Craig or we talk to Craig, so... Uh, for those that don't know, Craig is, uh, for the Aftermath show, we use Discord uh, to record. And uh, part of that was, you know, with the Aftermath, we, we you know, trying different different programs, trying different things, different formats, um, just to see what, what will work. And, you know, maybe we can bring some new ideas uh, to the main show or, or you know, that that's our playground. That's, that's what we're going to try. So Craig is our... Uh, our bot um, that does the recording through discord. It's the only way so far that I know of um, to be able to do those recordings. And normally he does a really good job, but the last couple of shows, he has been an absolute uh, for the lack of better word, a dick. How many tries did it take you guys to get that opening on the last show? Um, one, one. Oh, try. Was it it yeah, sounded yeah, like had- you guys had tried some things or something and it wasn't working. No, uh, no. So we got the opening in and then he died on us and we're just like, okay, um, we can't kill the the vibe we got going. Let's just, we'll jump over to team speak, just continue it on. And yeah, like I, I threw a little sound effect in there um, just to kind of say, Hey, yeah, we had another technical difficulty, but um, the, there is a bit of a backstory to that. Um, when we jumped over to team speak, I guess we were kind of thrown off there for a little bit because um, I had done, uh, you know, uh, introduction part two, just to be like, hey, you know, things that happened screwed up. But um, I think one, my mic wasn't fully plugged in for some reason. Um, And then another time I tried it and I was hitting the wrong button because um, a lot of time, like when I'm league racing, I'm, I'm in team speak and discord at the same time. So I've got two buttons mapped. And I forgot which, where I was actually, uh, what program I was talking into. So I was hitting the wrong button. So that was a bit of fiasco. Um, 
and actually I was kind of fired up about it. So I don't know if that came through on the podcast or not. It might've, but, uh, yeah. So that's the story about, uh, last week's episode. Now, um, I, I think obviously the aftermath show, we're going to, it's going to keep going on. And each week you guys seem to come up with, uh, something interesting to do. I mean, if I think back to the aftermath math show for 2020, I think of the food show that that's the show that's going to stick in my mind for a while to come. Cause you know, getting Tony to eat on the show and things like that was just, it was, it, it was most entertaining, entertaining. I don't know. It was an hour in my truck when I was driving and I, you know, you can relate when you're just, when you guys, cause obviously I'm Canadian. So I know exactly what you're sending them. And, and understanding what they're trying to to, to come across and, and describe the food wise. Yeah, what a fun show, right? That was the one show that you know um, my youngest daughter actually actually listened to. She thought that was just fantastic. That uh, you know I had sent them um, all this Canadian stuff. Uh, she was actually with me when I was picking a lot of it out, and she was just blown away. She's like, "Well, what do you mean they don't have them down there?" I'm like, "Well, they don't have them down there." She's like. Is there stuff they have down there that we don't have up here? I was like, well, yes. He's like, well, what is it? And so that just turned into a great, you know, a huge conversation. But um, normally when it's like podcast, she's like, oh, you're doing that again. Uh, but uh, that one there, she um, she really enjoyed listening to. And uh, she hasn't listened to one since. So, but yeah, that was uh, that was a huge highlight for us um, this year. That was a lot of, we got a lot of good feedback from that show. So it was, it was uh, nice to know that, it, you know, uh, people listening had as seemed to have as much fun as, you know, we had recording that. And that's, that's kind of like what we're trying to do is just um, we're hoping people listening are having as much fun as, as we are actually recording. Well, and I'm glad that you guys get to be part of the, uh, that broadcast crew for the fe- the, uh, the female racing league uh, that they have there because, um, like I said, said to you, the first broadcast you guys did when I f- watched it with my daughter, um, you know, my daughter's not really into sports and things like that, but I like to like show my daughter that, uh, women and females can do anything. It doesn't matter what it is. You can do it. And that's why things like that for the OBRL league to take that on and do that for, for, for the women's league and stuff like that. It, it's great just to, cause you never know what, who it reaches and stuff like that. So I like, I like the things that you guys have been, have been doing this year. And it, it's been great to see how um, you guys have, have gone from, you know, just the naf- the aftermath show compared to being on the Norma show here and, and translated it into, you know, something that you guys are enjoying with the broadcast part too. Yeah, you know, and when you told us about that, that was, um, you know, that that was so cool. That was something that we never thought that would um, we would ever hear about. It was just not in our, um, you know, it was just not in our in our way of thinking, our brain. We never thought about any of that. It's like literally, all we wanted to do is just, well, the first one is just not totally screw it all up. Um, but you know, we're we're huge fans of uh, this ladies' league. And because of just that, um, you know, like uh, Chris's wife will race, uh, my wife races, and it's something that, you know, now that, you know, we can do together, like we're, she's coming into, you know, my hobby, um, and she's enjoying my hobby. And so now we can enjoy that hobby together. And now she's, you know, 
you want, still want to have a bit of separation. So now that she's got, you know, her own thing, like I can sit on the sidelines and that's what I was doing with their first couple of races that weren't, um, you know, they, they were broadcasted, but they weren't commentated. There's no commentary to them, but you know, I'm sitting out on the couch, watching it up on the big screen, watching her race and cheering her on. And, um, you know, that has been just a, a great experience all around. So now I can, um, you know, use the aftermath platform, to do what we can to um, get the word out that they're that what they're doing and um, you know how they're doing and um, just to keep that keep those ladies going and and uh, give them as much exposure as possible because what they're doing is a really really good thing and it's not something that uh, i racing has a whole lot of so it's it's almost a little bit of a a, a niche thing but. Uh, you know, people got to know about this. People got to check them out. And, um, you know, more ladies need to to get in and, and run this because it's just just a great amount of fun. And I'm, I'm glad you guys enjoy doing it. And uh, the other thing that, uh, Tony, that I appreciate that and we all appreciate that you're doing is is the, the sponsorship work that you take on in behind the team. Um, I know we got an announcement next week uh, we'll, we'll deal with, but uh I just think it's been great that you've been taking on trying to find different things that uh, people to work with behind the scenes that, uh, that we just try and make sure that our show runs smoothly um, and maybe cover some of the costs that we endure during the show, but we've never run this show to make a profit. Well, no. Yeah. And you know, we do have some things coming down, some big things that are going to be a lot of fun to announce. Um, yeah, I know you're right is uh, to do this cost money. Um, you know, we've been shouldering that cost for, uh, you know, for so many years, it's, it's, it's time to, to offset that. And no, we're not doing this for a profit, but there's a lot of other things that, you know, we could be doing, you know, like we, we like to do those charity races and, um, you know, various other things. So, you know, as we, um, you know, work with, uh, more sponsors and I've, you know, I've got some other ideas, you know, coming down the pipeline, um, to be able to give us that flexibility to um, expand the things that we can do within the community to help continue to support the community and, you know, bring awareness to, um, you know, causes and stuff that, uh, you know, that, that we want to, you know, I guess that we could say that, that we hold dear to our heart um, and continue down that line just to be able to do more and give us the freedom to be able to do more. And, uh, I, I'm excited for 2021 just to see what we can uh, what we can accomplish next year with uh, the the aspirations that we have. Because um, going into my season in review, what I look back at is my my se- my season in racing was a tale of two seasons. I call before VR and after VR. Before VR, I felt like I was on a little bit of a a down slope, and I wasn't having as much fun. I was working off a single 27 or sorry, 32 inch monitor. And, um, it just, I was starting to get on a low and I wasn't finishing right. I was just, didn't feel very comfortable. And I just, for me to be racing, I feel like, uh, immersion means most to me. Like you can just drive and do have all the things you want, but I found immersion is what makes me want to race this sim more and, and come down to my, my rig each day. Um, is the immersion factor. And when I 
when I went into VR, I mean, I watched David, I've watched probably, you know, dozens and dozens of streams of David watching him in VR uh, beforehand and, and seeing how it was um, for him. And I just didn't know what it felt like. I never had experienced VR until I put it on. And as soon as I put VR on for that first week and I ran Martinsville and I remember um, that was my cleanest Martinsville race ever. I finished second place to a teammate, Tom, and it was the most fun I've had. I mean, it's probably the most I've ever sweated in a race because the one thing I've noticed about VR is the heat factor that is created from all the stuff that you're wearing. Um, but I've solved that with fans. Um, but it just for me, my season changed when VR became part of what I added to it. And um, I've loved the the immersion aspect. I've loved... Um, the the finishes I've gotten out of that the I felt like my my racing got a lot better I got more confidence in me I went I started skyrocketing in I rating safety rating went down and I started coming back in the points uh, that's where I saw the biggest improvement is I was in the same division as David and Mike and uh, I think Tom was in the same division as well um, maybe Stephen I think he might have been in that one too um, but I started gaining back what I felt like I lost and it just, it felt like a, a, a different season for me. And I, I don't, this team has always meant a lot to me for the fact of just it, the enjoyment factor, just being around the team and in general fun, as well. Fun. Yeah. It's, it's just no stress. Everybody here is, the common goal of our team is to just enjoy what we do. We have arguments, we have rough days and, and figuring things out, but we all, I feel like we support enough each other to what we need to, to get through um, the podcasts, the, the races during the week, the um, anything that we need to come up with. Cause there's been a lot of things that have come our way this season um, with it, different sponsors, different race types, different, um, everything we've we've tried different things and um i've had a really good year streaming um no i'm not a big streamer where i have lots of people watching me if one person watches my race that's all i could care but like it doesn't really matter to me for the views i'm trying um i'm just not that type of person when it comes to via or to to streaming i it, it doesn't i'm not the personality i guess that uh comes out you know, maybe somebody watch, maybe not, but I'm going to keep doing it. I, um, I, I feel for me when having a week off like this, where Mike's off, um, lets me become, do this aspect of the show where Mike gets to do every week. Um, it gives me that one time of the year where I get to do it. I, I'm a very terrible public speaker. Uh, you guys probably hear it all Too the time. I, when I, when I stumble through some things, but if I feel like I've grown over the aspect of the years of doing it, um, I've never had anybody on the team um, say anything bad against me doing or how I do about it. They've also always support. We all support each other doing this job, uh, doing this hobby, this passion that we have. Like, so I, I really enjoy it for that aspect that I enjoy 2020 for me is, is my year of just getting back into the sim and feeling immersed in the sim. So immersed in the podcast, the sim, the, the thing I got plenty of things on that I'm trying to build here with for, to make the podcast even better with our new sponsors and our, our, our new promos and things like that. We're going to come up with down the road and, and, and having diverting to a better broadcast of a video of us 
I think will help as well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to 2021 and, and to finish out this year with the broadcast part of it. Well, that's a, you know, it's the best part about it is like, um, you know, we, we've finished off the NIS season, which is huge for, you know, the podcast and our team. Um, and now there's normally a lull, uh, you know, between November and February until the season kicks back up again. But, um, you know, this year, you know, you've got a bunch of projects you're working on. You know, everybody, we're all working on um, something. Yeah, we all got these little projects that we're working on, um, you know, for the podcast. Uh, and I'm not seeing that level of excitement um, wall like we have in years past. It's the, the excitement is um, right up there, but more so, um, you know, in the in the background. Uh, where it doesn't show so much on the podcast yet, but that stuff will come here very, very soon. But that um, I'm excited to see what you're, uh, what you got coming to the table with that video stuff. I know you've been working on it for a bit now, and uh, man, I tell you, I can't wait to uh, see it all come together and see when you launch it. Well, and it's it, it, the problem I'm having, or not problem I'm having. The, the thing I'm having is once the assets are there it's perfectly fine and it's ready to go. It's, it's the building of the assets and um, the, the time aspect of building all this stuff, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm getting it done and it looks like this next week or so, I'm going to have plenty of time to do it for the next week in a bit. Um, but I'm just uh, one of the last things that uh, for 2020, I wanted to thank is I, I really want to thank Mike Morley for coming on as uh, helping us with their set with his setup site. Um, that's the thank you. Uh, one of the sponsors we have, um, have had for a little bit here. He's done a really good job helping us that wise. He's been, been great for helping the team and get setups. And, and even, even if we ask him for something off that we don't normally race, he can help us out somehow and, and find some speed for us. And that's what we've been really appreciating with him and working with him. So definitely guys, if, if you want to support someone that really cares about the community, support schoolyard setups. He's going to, the bigger he gets, the more that people support him, the better he can help the community. Because I have, I have a, I know the way he is as a person, he will give back to this community the way that uh, um, he can uh, with the time that he puts into everything. So for me, I thank him. I thank any of the sponsors we've had this year as well. Um, they've come on. It's, we've had a bunch of league sponsors, things like that. I know Tony, you you guys are sponsoring at the aftermath. You announced it last week. You're sponsoring the uh, truck series race, I believe, or truck league, I believe. Yep, that's right. Uh, starting the 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 new season, season one, um, the aftermath will be uh, sponsoring the OBRL Old Bastards Racing League truck series uh, Wednesday nights, and those are broadcasted as well. So you'll see our beautiful logo, and you'll see those guys go like crazy. Uh, some fantastic racing that night. I've got one more thing on my year. So, I hit about 375 wins halfway through the summer, and I aimed at 400. And it took me all summer, and I finally got there. And I thought that was pretty big. And I've been on the sim for five years, and I didn't have an A-car win until this week when I signed up for a Chicago race with, with a set. And I went in there and I won the race. And I think that is probably the biggest win out of the 405 I have. David, I know uh, we didn't do a lot of results this week. Um, you had a good week at Imola too, right? If you want to close out your f- t- topics on that, if you want. 
Yeah, I'll hit. I'll hit our league results. We didn't have any much much official, but league and official. Uh, yeah, I've, I won once at Nuremberg GP, and then the very next day picked up a win at Imola, and then picked up two more. It's just a it's a track that seems to be hitting me pretty well. And I did leave out a couple of other things in in my season when when that sparked my memory when Adam brought up his big win. Uh, I won a Daytona 500 this year, as well as the Charlotte 600 in the majors as well as the Indy 500 in official. How about so, that? We finished 1-2 in that race. Yeah, that was that a was, big race. That was you, amazing. You, you made a business decision halfway through that race to pass me, and that was where the win came. That was literally, I mean, <laughs> that, that was one of those call-your-shot moments. Yep, I, as you went by, I'm like, yep, David just won this race. That was 80 laps before the race even ended. Well, with that, uh, let's go to our final thoughts. Adam, what, what do you want to leave us on for the after the end of this podcast? Um, I, I can't wait to be on the podcast more in the winter. Um, won't be as busy. Um, tr- really trying to stay home and save some money and get ready for next summer. We're beginning of April, but NIS starts in February, and I think uh, we're going to be fast, like, two times as fast as we were this year. And I think I'm going to try Road to Pro again. I'm hoping to maybe hit that next year, too, with you, uh, Adam. Um, I always say that, and we end up fizzling out probably yeah, a couple races in. <laughs> it's It's tough. It's Tuesday nights is a tough night to uh, get on the race. I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of format they're talking here because they haven't announced anything yet, and it sounds like they got something in the works here. So I'll be interested to see what they do for their Road to Pro. And obviously it's going to have a new name too, so it's not going to be called Road to Pro. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, Brian, what uh, what are your final thoughts? Um, I, I'm just uh, just wrapping up the year. It's it's my first year since really I started this now. But, um, man, I really love being a part of this show. It's uh, when I got when I got um, first involved with it. It was like you know, it's like almost uh, being a part of a you know talking with celebrities almost. I know it might sound funny, but you know, it's ju- you guys are just as much uh, celebrities to me as any other radio show that I listen to. As far as getting to talk to the person in real life, so uh, it's it's just been a great great uh, great experience being here. Um, everybody's been awesome with helping me out getting set up. Um, and, uh, man, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to, to racing with you guys more and, uh, and getting together with that way too. Well, I enjoyed my year on the team and I can't wait for more next year. All right, Dave, what's your final thoughts? Well, you probably hadn't seen me on the oval that much lately. Uh, we, I, I kind of forgot to mention the winter series league results. So I'll jump to drop those in there. Mike hit a P 15 with Richmond. Um, he said the, at first, he was fairly shit again, and then somebody pinched him down, and he spun to the inside, but he didn't hit anything. He was dead last from that point and worked his way back up to 15th. Uh, the, the the finish kind of worked for for us because uh, of fuel mileage. And I got a P7, which is my highest finish in that race. Uh, gained three spots on the final run, actually, for, via fuel strategy. If everybody was good on fuel, I would have been P10. But some people split the race. And some, and I was able to stretch the fuel, uh, and that, that's pretty exciting because I was running top ten. One, I qualified terrible, but running top ten made mo- made my way up halfway through the race and stayed there. Um, and last year in the winter series, I was pretty much a backmarker. So it it you know it may still be a hobby, but it always feels good to improve. All right, Tony, what you got? Oh, I don't know, man. I think I've said my piece. Um, 
it's definitely been a it's been an interesting and fun year. Um, so many things going on. Uh, <laughs> we got so many more things coming up. Um, yeah, it's just been really you know it, it's really cool. Uh, I it's hard for me to talk about the racing part of things, so I, I just got to talk about podcasting things. Um, it just seems like you know just over the last few months we we just seem to be firing on all cylinders and. Um, I just and, we, and we had doubters too. Uh, I, you're I, always nice. gonna have, yeah. You, you're always gonna have those. Whatever, <laughs> you know. We just come to the table, we do our thing, and you know, we, we hope we entertain. And um, well, more specifically with this show, um, you know, uh, give some insight to some people, uh, show them uh, hardware stuff, uh, keep them up to know and what's going on in the iRacing world. Um, yeah, it. It's been awesome. Brian coming on, taking over the, uh, you know, the, the editing. Uh, he, he's just done a fantastic job. You know, we were doing it for there for a little while. I kind of got to the point where I couldn't really do anything more. Um, and you know, that's just a creative thing, right? Like you just get to a point and like, that, that's it. You're, you're done. It's, it's, it's a pretty normal thing. So Brian came on, stepped the game up uh, again. And yeah, he, he's just fallen into plate. Like he's just, come in and he's just a part of the team and that was almost instantaneous it was uh, a really easy transition from from my point of view um so that that's that's been absolutely cool uh david he's been rocking uh the the sound stuff this year we've got a lot of new things um that he that he's come and i know he's got some other stuff that he's working on um yeah it, it's just cool this is uh seems to be almost like the most busiest that we've all ever been um, all at once. And, you know, it's a really, really good busy, really productive and creative busy. Uh, That's just that, that's that, you know, it's huge, huge highlight. And everybody's kind of finding their roles that they like, you know, because with this being a hobby, we have to like doing it or it's going to become a chore and we're going to quit. Well, yeah. And if, if it's, you know, if it's a chore, um, or if it's starting to feel like work, um, you're, you're, you're just going to lose that zest that, uh, comes with what you, you know, what you're bringing to the table. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Right. We're just, I feel like we're just, you know, we're, we're riding high right now. It's, it's good. It's a good feeling. And Tony, to iterate on what you said there too, I've totally forgot and, and and this is just obviously overlooking a lot of stuff. David does such a great job at getting this podcast ready each week for everybody. Um, he sets every, or he makes sure he cuts everything um, and and makes sure it sounds as good as it can for what we what we're working with. A lot of us have upgraded our stuff now so we can sound a lot better for it. Um, but figuring out how to get the transitions and stuff like that in and um, all the sound stuff that he's come up with. Um, and then he gets fires it off to Mike, and Mike uh, posts it, and it just it, everybody works at their 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 point, what they can do, and it just seems to every week we get it out and get it on time, and um, it some days it's not perfect, but it it works every week. I feel like it just it it is it's done, and um, it's the best that we get that we got for that week. Yeah, it, you know what, uh, Greg? Let me just correct you a little bit. It is perfect every week. It's this is what we do. Um, and you know that kind of thing hasn't really changed you know over the years like everybody knows what the podcast is um it's not like uh you know quote unquote professional but 
uh, I don't think we ever tried to be. Um, just try to be real. Have fun. Um, and yeah, like everyone else doing this thing, it's 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 a hobby, and we're we're just having a good time. And that's what I feel we, uh, you know, really kind of bring right. So with that, my final thought, um, I got a couple things I want to tie up here. Um, I got, I want to thank Mike, uh, obviously him not being here. Uh, Mike Ellis does a hell of a jo- good job to make sure that we're all, um, all in our games each week to do these podcasts and, um, and his knowledge of what he covers on here, um, astounds me every week just to see what he's he pays attention he's always in the forums he knows he knows what's going on and and uh yeah whenever whenever he takes that week off uh here at thanksgiving american thanksgiving um you know we were deciding who was going to be the host and i was like i i i kind of you know shy away from doing the hosting but um i want to step up and and try and be that i'm um the help for the team and and do this. I, I I like the discussion aspect of doing these shows, and that's why I like doing these the the year in review stuff. Um, the other trying to get topics and stuff sorted out. Uh, Mike's the best at doing that, and uh, I thank him for his work on the show. Um, I thank all the other guys that are on the team that give what they do. Um, all the guys that work on the show um, that are here in week out or week in week out. Um, and just the, for the fun nature of our team, um, I I really enjoy uh, 2020. Um, it's been a crappy year outside of the sim um, for a lot of people. And we feel for a lot of people if they've gone through some bad and rough times. Um, we've had some sad stories on here. Um, one, of, uh, one of the things that I've got this week, um, which was a good thing of news here, uh, Roger Craig, a friend of the podcast, I forgot to post this in our thing, but... Um, he sent me a message saying he's like he'd like to thank the iRacers Lounge once again for having uh, me on the show and promoting the GeForce Racing League charity event for the five-year-old uh, Le- Lennox Mobley. Uh, if you guys remember, he's the kid that uh, had was burned in the in on pit road uh, at one of uh, I think it was a modified race or something like that. I can't remember what the, the event was, but um, uh, they were able to. Uh, double their goal and raise over $2,000 uh, in their charity race. And he wants to just thank, he just thanks again from everybody that supported him. So it was nice uh, to get that from him because all these things that we try and get out to, to, to the community and let them know to support this, support that um, just to bring awareness. Um, we can't do it without you guys letting us know. And whenever you guys do let us know, we will try and, and get, get it out there. Um, I know Mike. Mike at one time iterated to us that uh, he was worried that in all these down seasons and and certain weeks we're not going to have enough topics. Uh, we haven't. I think it's been over a year. Um, we, we we're turning topics away because we have so much each week to try and fit the show in, and it's it's thanks to you guys, uh, our listeners, um, for bring bringing topics to our our, our awareness and and just to be able to to get um, the information out to you. So. Um, I want to thank the, our, our listeners. Um, eventually, I'm hoping we get a lot of viewers um, on our iRacers Lounge Twitch page. Um, and just just to have a great tw- the rest of 2020 um, and then to go on into 2021. Mike will be back next week on next week's podcast. And uh, we'll, we'll move on from there. Um, I know David, like he said, we have a special coming up for around Christmas time as well um, that we'll be pre-recording to fill in for christmas i believe david right 
Um, and then, yeah. So with that, um, thanks for listening and, uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Odd Racers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.